Uh, who am I? I'm, I'm Maurice Hooks. I was converted in 1991. And, uh, okay, stop. <laughs> I used to be where you were, and I thought, I hear people say they've been Christian 20 years. I thought, man, those are some dinosaurs. Look how old they are. And now I'm the T-Rex. So it's all good. It's all good. But I was converted when I was playing football at University of Kansas. And uh, my cost, basically one of my big costs, was whether to go play in Canada. I had a contract in Canada, but I turned that down to go full-time into the ministry. So it's been a great experience. I've been in ministry for 27 years, uh, all over. Amen. Uh, but we moved here. Uh, one of our journeys was in Kansas City. And so we led the church there for about 10 years, almost 10 years. And then uh, we moved here to New York. And uh, one of the reasons why I came here is just to be with Sam Powell. Uh, I've led a church for 16 years, but I thought, you know, we all need to learn and to keep growing. Nobody's arrived. And I thought, where can I go to still be taught by somebody? And I thought, Sam Powell, that's the guy. And uh, I was hoping he'd ask me to come to New York, so I sent out text messages saying I'm ready to leave Kansas City. If anybody's interested, uh, let me know. And uh, it was like five minutes later, he texted me, stop texting people, get up here. <laughs> and so here it is. So, uh, But Sam is a good guy. He shoots straight with you. And uh, that's one of the things that made me want to come to New York. Uh, I remember calling him several times. I said, listen, uh, something is wrong with my wife. I think she's possessed. I said, uh, she's, all of a sudden she's mean. She's grumpy. Uh, I'm scared she's going to pull out a hat and a broom and start flying around. I said, I just don't know what's wrong with her, Sam. And he said, was she like that before you married her? I said, no. He said, well, you messed her up, brother. Okay. All you can say is okay. <laughs> but uh, since Kamani's got his timer on, let me just get into my lesson for tonight. Uh, that's all right, I'm going to make it up tomorrow. We have a long service tomorrow. <laughs> but I'm not going to come here and tell you, you need to date. Brothers, you're not doing this. Sisters, you need to. Ah, that's not what I'm going to do tonight. Uh, I could, but that's not what I'm going to do tonight. That's not what it's about. I just want to talk about a few things, but mainly share with you my mistakes, my insecurities, my fears. Hey, if that applies to you, wear it. If it doesn't, learn from it. But either way, I just want to kind of share with you more than preach at you tonight. I want to just share and be with you as we come together. You know, to talk about relationships, we've got to start back in the beginning. Book of Genesis. God made Adam and Eve. Put them in the garden. Perfect place. But you know, as God was making each thing in creation, at the end of the day, God saw that it was good. And he said it. This is good. But then when he made Adam, he got to the point in Genesis 2.18 that he says, It is not good for man to be alone. See, God made Adam out of dust. And that's why guys still like playing in dirt today. That's just how it is. But when he made Eve... He took it from his rib. Now that's how you know Adam and Eve was not black. You ever try to get a spare rib from a brother? It ain't that easy. Ain't that easy. Ain't that easy. But, hold out. 
too much tension in the room. Slow down. Don't nobody start texting me nothing later on. You ain't got my number anyway. But he made Eve out of the rib. Again, it wasn't a bone from his head because the woman is not made to rule over the man. It wasn't a bone from his foot because she's not one to be walked over either. Made it from his side so they can be partners. They can work together. And they had a perfect relationship. A great relationship. But then, sin approached. And in Genesis 3 verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat from the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. So first of all, Satan lies to Eve and gets her all caught up in this stuff, gets her all caught up in what's going on, and then she sins and eats the fruit. Not an apple, it just says fruit. So all those years people talk about ate an apple, that is not biblical. It's a piece of fruit. It could have been a pear. You don't know what it was. But it's fruit. And so it Adam comes, she gives him some, he eats some. So now they both, all of a sudden, have sinned and disobeyed what God said. Why? Because Satan tries a way to trick all of us to sin. What's one of his main things? To want us to be in control. He says, surely you won't die. If you do, you'll be just like God. You'll know sin. You'll know right from wrong. And Eve felt like, that's a little bit of control. I want to know that. Now, once sin entered the picture, there were some basic fears that occurred. And this is what I want to share with you today. Some of the fears that can cause disunity in our relationships. Now, I'm not talking about just dating. I'm talking about just average guy-girl relationships. And these are the fears that I want to just help you to see. This is where I was. Maybe you've been there, or if you've not, maybe you might get there eventually. I don't know, but just learn from what I want to share with you today. And the first fear is this. The fear of the shame of exposure. The fear of the shame of exposure. In Genesis 3, verse 9, 9 and 10, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. The phrases, I was afraid and I hid, go hand in hand. Fear always causes us to hide. Now, notice the phrase he says, I was naked. Now, Adam and Eve, they were literally naked. And you see, nakedness is also very symbolic. Because nakedness speaks of being exposed and vulnerable. Think about even Jesus when he died on the cross, they even cast lots and was throwing dice for his loincloth. I mean, everything. They wanted to take everything and publicly expose him. So Adam and Eve, they were afraid because they were naked and they hid. Again, why did they hide? Because they were fearful. Fear keeps us from developing relationships in the body. 
You say, wait, I don't, I don't believe that. I'm not scared of these guys. Nobody's going to beat me up. We're not talking about a physical fight. But there's a lot of other fears that aren't physical. For example, when I became a Christian, it looked like I had it all together. I was a starting running back in college. I had money. I had cars. I had worldly relationships, all those things. And then I became a disciple. And you know, for me, it got awkward in my relationships with the sisters in the church. Because I, I felt like, you know what? How could I marry one of these sisters when I know eventually my football injuries are going to come back to haunt me? My knees are going to be all banged up. My back, my neck. There's going to be parts of me. I've had so many concussions. I don't know how I'm going to turn out. So you know what? I'm not going to be able to take care of a sister. So you know what? I'm not going to pursue a sister. I'm not going to take her out because I was so concerned about all my troubles to come in the future that I did nothing. That fear alone held me back from being close to the sisters in the church. It even held me back from some of the brothers. Because they wanted to do stuff and bond and hang out. And I just felt like, you know, I can now, but I'm just thinking like 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I'm probably going to be able to walk and do all the things I'm doing. So I just held back. Not only that, all my years of playing sports, I, had, I did a lot of interviews. Uh, on the field, off the field. But in my mind, I'm like, this is going to take five minutes. I can do a five-minute interview, and then I'm going home. When I got into the kingdom, I thought, now to have conversations with people for more than five minutes? I got to hold a conversation and figure out things. I just, you can ask me questions. I can answer them. But I got to think now and ask you stuff too? That messed me up. That, that just, it just wasn't in my nature, my DNA, to have meaningful conversations. And I thought, you know what? This is something that I got to change. One thing I realized is in playing sports, I was always the aggressive one. And so when it came now to relationships in the church, I couldn't be the aggressive one. Because if it was going down with one of the brothers, I'm like, okay, you need to just be quiet. Because I'm just getting tired of this conversation here. And I, I was like that. And I thought, well, I can't do that to a sister. I can't tell her, just be quiet. <laughs> Trust me, that ain't going to work. <laughs> No, 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 no. But to be honest, those are things that I felt. I felt insecure about, could I maintain a relationship? How could I take her out? How could I do things? How could I, all those fears occur, but I didn't share those fears with people. And so when I was approached on dating and going out, you know what I said? I said, you know what, I don't have any money. I can't go out. I said, you know what, I really don't have a whole lot of time. I got so many things I'm doing. Time and money was my excuse. But the real fear was something else. And that's what I had to realize. You know what, just like Adam and Eve, they became fearful because they got exposed. Sometimes there's things in our life that need to be exposed so we can deal with it. But we're so fearful, we hide from it. We don't talk about the real issues. I remember sitting down and, and Sean Wooten, he was a guy that studied the Bible with me and baptized me. He said, you know, we need to talk about it. Let me show you in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. You know what that is? Go eat popcorn. Galatians. Ephesians. That's how I learned it. 
Some of y'all are like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it is. Go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Philippians 2, verse 3. says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. You know, I could argue with people all day on why you can't tell me I shouldn't date. It's not in the Bible where it says you need to date. You you don't say nothing like that. You can talk about it all day. But then when you go back to what the Bible says, and it calls you to discipleship of thinking of others instead of yourself, you can't argue with that. You can argue about dating, but you can't argue about being righteous and biblical. When they read this to me, they're like, so are you thinking about you? Or are you thinking about just serving and encouraging the sisters? Are you thinking about encouraging the brothers? Because at first, now I'm just being written, this is back in the day, so just calm down. Don't be throwing apples at me. I didn't want to hang out with a lot of brothers. But they wanted to hang out with the college football player, all this and that. I'm like, nah, dog. <laughs> we can't be rolling like that. I mean, I love you in Christ, but you ain't, we ain't doing all that stuff. <laughs> and then I just kind of put up a wall because there were some people that I just felt like, you just not like me. There's a lot of things that happened. When I was in seventh grade, one of my male teachers tried to molest me. And I told my principal, and she totally did not believe me. So I had to just go on with life. I went to college, and then I got a phone call. While I was in college, they, they flew me all the way back so I could go to the police station. They hooked me up to lie detectors test, asked me those questions again so I could testify against this guy. Because he actually did molest three other people. And I said, if you had listened when I told you, this wouldn't have happened now. But because of that, I never shared. I didn't even share that with my family. Nobody. When I sat down and studied the Bible... I was talking about a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And in 87, the University of Kansas, we won a national championship in basketball. And I remember me and the guys, we had this contest. We were walking down the, down the street to see who could knock out the most people that were feminine with one hit. And we just hit them, and if they knocked out, we just mark it, you know. And this was a contest to see at the end of the week who got the most. And I thought, and they said, well, why would you do that? And it just never dawned on me until I started talking about sin that I had a lot of pent-up anger from this teacher trying to molest me. And it was coming out in so many different ways. But it never would have came out if I didn't decide, you know what, I need to be vulnerable. I need to talk about these things. Guys, there may be a lot of things that's holding you back. The only way it's going to change is if you get vulnerable. It's not a crime to expose yourself. Well, it is a crime to expose yourself in New York. Let me correct that. You delete that. Go back a little bit on that one. <laughs> to be open with your life. Hey, let me move on. Point number two. <laughs> that just didn't come out right. That's right. I forgot point number one that fast. Is that just... Oh, yeah. Fear of exposure. That's right. But the second thing that hindered me, that I had to overcome, was the fear of rejection. The fear of rejection. Let's go back to Genesis, chapter 3. That's the first book in the Bible, Genesis. I'm just trying to be helpful, y'all. Genesis 3, verse 12. 
The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. You know what's interesting here? Adam and Eve went from excusing themselves to accusing other people. They went from excusing to accusing. You see, fear of exposure makes you distant, makes you pull away. But fear of disapproval makes you defensive. You know, the people that are most critical are the ones that are most fearful of being, having disapproval in their lives. That's how it shows up. And you read in verse 12 again, when God called Adam out, what are you doing? Quickly. That's Eve's fault. Eve did this. Actually, he blamed God first. It's the woman you gave me that caused this. And then when that's Eve, she quickly changed it. That's the serpent that you made. He's the one. I mean, everybody gets defensive and starts to point the finger at everybody else. That's what happens when we have a fear of disapproval. This happens in relationships. If anybody says anything that we feel a hint of disapproval, we can get defensive real quick. Real quick and easy. And then say, I'm not defensive. You're just accusing me. You know, Percy, when, when, when people approached me about dating back in the day, I got defensive. And I said, why are y'all always coming down on the men about dating? Don't you see what's going on with these women? <laughs> but you blaming the man. You always rebuking the men. Rebuke them for once. That was my attitude. I mean, I got so upset. I said, so it's my fault that in the whole kingdom, guys aren't dating. You're going to blame me for that. I mean, I was real quick to just jump back on something. And the guy that studied the Bible with me, little redhead dude, he's about this tall. And I'm thinking, seriously, I can just put my fist through your head, all the way out the back. Just leave me alone about this. I was so, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I had a lot of issues. <laughs> and even when I, I, I had this fake repentance, right? Uh, I'm, being out, you, I'm just telling you not the truth. I'm being, my fake repentance was, you know what? Fine. You want to charge me? I'm going to take out every sister in the, in the ministry. And I said, you know what? I'm going to find the. the now don't y'all get mad now. I'm telling you, I was just back in the day. Be wise. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to be wise. You're a wise woman right there. You can't be good, dude. That's good. That's good. Now nah, I can't say it. Now. Nah. That'd be the wisest thing. I just said it. Uh, uh, uh. Do it. Okay. The real, I'm going to be wise, I'm not going to say it. You can talk to me individually if you want to talk about it there. The real reason I got defensive was because I was insecure. That was straight up it. Now some of the guys are like, you blowing it for us, man. Why are you giving all our secrets away? Because we need to repent. Now why was I insecure? One, kind of what I was talking about earlier. I didn't know how to have spiritual conversations. 
Because in my conversation with women in the world, it was just simply so I could have sex with them eventually. So I lied, talk about whatever, just to get to my destination. But then in the kingdom, it's like, well, that ain't the end goal, so what am I supposed to talk about? And I had to retrain myself. I had to get input from older men to learn how to have conversations with the women in the kingdom. But from where I was, I had it all together and I didn't want to come across, I didn't want people to know that and all. And I had to make a decision to be humble as Christ was humble. And it always goes back to the Bible. And then I was insecure because I thought, you know what? It is some good looking women in our church. But they strong women. And if they get strong and then they start getting all huffy puffy, I ain't going to back down, so I'm going to get huffy puffy with them. <laughs> and then I'm going to get rebuked, and then I'm like, you know, they ain't even worth it, so I ain't going out nowhere. <laughs> but it was all insecure, because you look around, we have some very attractive women in our church. And that was the thing, I thought, you know what, honestly, and, and again, I'm going to be wise on this one here, but there were some brothers back in my time, that you try to tell me my 20 minutes up? No, no, I'm gonna say this part. And so, but yeah, so it was like, so I thought, you know what? If I was not in the church, I probably wouldn't have a chance with some of the women that are like this in the church. So instead of me being selfish and insecure, you know what? I need to be grateful and be happy to take these sisters out. Because these are some strong, positive women. I got a lot more to say, but I'm getting all kind of signals from different people out here. It's time to shut it down. Maybe I can come back another time. And I can talk. Yeah, I got to bust it out, though. Sorry, sorry. So, yeah, I did have a whole other two pages, but I ain't going to talk about it. But remember this. Let me end on this. Remember this. This is how we know. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. You know, how valuable is your car or your apartment or the clothes you're wearing? How valuable is it? It's as valuable as you want to pay. How much you want to pay, that shows how valuable it is. But bottom line, Jesus paid his life for you. So that shows you how valuable you are to Jesus Christ. Not just you, but the person sitting next to you. And if Jesus values them that much, we ourselves need to learn to value them as well. And if there's ever a worldly brother messing with a sister, you need to walk all up on that brother, get all up in his grill, and make sure he knows never, ever touch one of these sisters in the kingdom of God. That's the kind of brotherly, sisterly love we need to have. I love you guys. Thank you for letting me come. God be blessed.